Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study, everyone. I want to introduce to you Pastor Chuck Lindquist, the director of the World Mission Prayer League. Welcome, Chuck. Thank you, Tom. And everybody, for this half hour, we don't spend enough time talking about what God is doing overseas in reaching the lost for Christ. One of our viewers in Iowa t sent me this note that her, his granddaughter had just spent some time working with a Christian mission in China, and she said this, in their whole time over there, they did not find one Chinese that had ever heard of Jesus. So we need to talk about world missions, we need to pray for world missions, and we wealthy Americans, we need to give to world missions. So, Chuck, glad you're here. Thank you. And let, let me just uh, quickly, yeah. how did you come to know Christ? Well, Tom, I, I came to know Christ as a young man and a student at Augsburg College in Minneapolis. Uh, I uh, was uh, kind of reared in my spirituality, so to speak, in the psychedelic 60s. And by the, by the time I went to college, I considered myself a, a, a Zen Buddhist, which was kind of an easy profession in those days. Um, then I met some Christians. They told me about Jesus. Jesus spoke into my heart, the gospel of salvation. Jesus created faith in my heart in the fall of 1971. And um, my life has never been the same since. All right, so that's the first question for today. Yeah. What is the basic missionary message that you preach in Ecuador or wherever you go? What is, what is the core? What's the, what, what, what do you have to tell someone so they can be saved? Well, you know, there's a, a, a lot of times people get confused about this, Tom. And they feel like, a, like, they feel like the missionary task is to make ourselves relevant somehow or another or somehow or another we need, to, we need to figure out what the message is from time to time and place to place and invent it afresh. The gospel message is established and we find it in places like, well, I like to use John 3.16. Mm -hmm. I hope that's not too old fashioned for you. No. John 3.16, that's the message. God loves us and loves the world. He loves us so desperately and well that he gives his only son to die for us, Tom. So that anyone who believes in him uh, should not die, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah. Old uh, Martin Luther, one of my personal heroes, said one time, he said, that where this news is shared, there is power afoot. I like the way he talks that way. Mm -hmm. There's power afoot. Mm -hmm. And we see that happening. When you speak that news, uh, people, uh, people it, it speaks light into yeah. people's hearts. And, and tell us, Chuck, because you're kind of an expert on world missions, where in the world is the gospel spreading the most right now? Well, that's a terrific question. Once again, I think sometimes as North American Christians, we kind of get a little, uh, we kind of get a little, sometimes even cynical about the growth of the gospel around the world. We scan the churches that we know, and we look at the communities that with which we're familiar in this country, and we get the idea that things are kind of, kind of, kind of going ragged on us. But if we lift our eyes just a titch 
we see around the world that the gospel is growing in your day and mine like never before mm -hmm. in history. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you an example? Sure. Okay. This is one of my favorite examples, and uh, every now and then I think of it when I feel discouraged, and it uh, and it just uh, it always uh, it always encourages me. And there's a number associated with it too. So this is this is something maybe you'll remember today. The number is thirty thousand. Uh, way back in 1910, uh, before stuff like uh, community television and all the kind of high technology, a bunch of missionary bigwigs got together in a place called Edinburgh, Scotland. And in Edinburgh, all these missionary bigwigs wanted to kind of evaluate the scope of Christianity around the world to that day, about 100 years ago, and forecast ahead what the Christian world would look like at the end of the 20th century, which uh, you, know, you and I have seen mm -hmm. uh, recently conclude. Mm -hmm. So the, they, uh, they, uh, they got together in, in Edinburgh, and, uh, and the leaders of the thing no less than people like John Mott. I'm not sure if that name means anything to you, but he was like one of the premier bigwigs in that day. John Mott said that we must prepare for a Christian world by the end of the 20th century that would no longer have a church in Africa. So now in those days, uh, the, uh, Islam was growing way faster than Christianity in Africa and outnumbered Christians maybe four to one. Mm -hmm. There were some millions of Christians on the continent of Africa at that time in 1910, but um, but overall there was they represented a very slim percentage of over of global Christianity. Less than two percent of the world's Christians were Africans. Okay. So the 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 uh, the the the, uh, the conference concluded that probably there there wouldn't be Christians by the end of the 20th century. In Africa. In Africa. Okay. Fast forward to our day. Tom, uh, it's estimated that the, uh, that the church in Africa today is approaching half a billion sisters and brothers. It's estimated today that the church is growing by something like 30,000 every day. In Africa? In Africa. The church in Africa is growing like something like, no, that's kind of an estimate. Yeah. And I wouldn't want your viewers to get, con to yeah. get confused. It's some days, some days maybe it's going to be 20,000, mm -hmm. some days 32 or 35,000. But it's something like that, 30,000 new sisters and brothers every single day you have and I have. Are there more Christians in Africa now than Muslims? Yes, there are. There are. Okay. Yes, yes there are. And, fact, it, and and it's growing. It's growing at a at a faster rate as well. Okay. Is is the gospel I mean, here I'm going to give you my impression, you tell me if it's right. Okay. The gospel does not seem to be spreading much in Western Europe, Australia, Canada. Uh, it seems to be spreading a lot more in African nations, Asia. Is that accurate? To That's say? very true. Oh, no, That's okay. very true. Now, uh, way back in 1910, I mentioned that uh, Africans con constituted something like less than 2% of global Christianity. So if you had a, a room of 100 typical Christians, you maybe would find one African. Today, it's more like one out of five. Okay. And very soon, it's going to be one out of four oh. of our entire Christian family is going to be an African. Is that right? Yes, it and is. And when you say one out of four, is the Catholic Church strong in missions in Africa, or are we thinking more of Protestant missions, or what is it? Well, these numbers and most of the numbers that I refer to are people who self-identify as Christian. Okay, whether 
yeah, of either of whatever whatever strategy. stripe and persuasion. Okay. Uh, and actually, you know, we can get. I, I some I identify with that with that with that farmer guy that Jesus talked about. You know, he's he. Uh, he was concerned about pulling out the weeds and, and, and the wheat and whatnot for the sake of the harvest. I mean, that's a legitimate concern. Mm -hmm. You can't do it very easily. So, so these numbers that I'm citing are people who self-identify as part of the garden. Is, is Korea the strongest Christian nation in Asia as far as numbers go? No. What is? China. Oh. China is definitely the strongest Christian nation in Asia. How can that be? Because, I mean, I just quoted this person that all the Chinese she met had never heard of Christ. She should travel more. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, in in China, in China, uh, m uh, people estimate that they're. It's difficult. It's difficult to get a a, a, a super accurate number on some of these things, mm -hmm. especially in a place like China, where it's closed. Where it's a bit closed, mm -hmm. way more open than it has been, mm -hmm. but uh, still kind of by prop from province to province, it can be quite tight. Uh, there's variety across across the nation. But so it's hard, it's hard to get a real accurate number, but some people estimate, I mean, yeah. some people estimate 80, 90 million Christians in China. Okay. Uh, maybe a, maybe a, more, a fairer number could be like 50, 60 okay. million Christians okay. in and China. And that's because there's a lot more people in China than Korea. So percentage-wise, is that what you mean? In terms of, uh, in terms of like overall number. Okay. But also in terms of, uh, vitality in some ways okay. you know I mean like this is the place China is the China is the is the epicenter of something that you maybe have heard of before called uh, back to Jerusalem no it's it's the back to Jerusalem movement they call it it's something that Chinese Christians have talked about since the 1920s actually and it's gotten a lot of press in recent years it's a kind of a loosely uh, organized movement of all Chinese Christians who are proposing to go back along the old Silk Road from China to Jerusalem, oh. all through the heart of the Muslim world in particular, and share good news. Really? And uh, they're, they're proposing, Tom, now, I don't know what your church would think about this, uh, or what your viewers would think about this, if this is a modest or, or a challenging goal, 100,000 missionaries. From China? Yes. Oh, that'd 100, be nice. 100, missionaries to go along the old Silk Road and back to evangelize to the Muslims. That's their goal. Now, I mean, there's a ton of Christians and a ton of Christian vitality and yeah. missionary sending also yeah. from Korea. Okay. You know, some of the largest churches in the world are found in, in uh, Korea. Yeah. The largest Presbyterian church, for example. Well, and they do a lot of missionary sending, but the, I think that in terms of vitality, yeah. you will not find a more vital Christian church in, in Asia than you will in China. And I remember hearing a Chinese pastor say, yeah. don't pray for an end to persecution in China. He said, persecution, good for church. That happens sometimes. That's yeah. been a theme actually throughout the history of our movement. Well, let's talk about this. It used to be America and England were the senders out into world missions. Sadly, uh, more, the more liberal mainline Protestant denominations have, have the number of missionaries they've sent out has gone way down. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of universalism, the heresy that everybody's going to heaven, so bring the missionaries home. I think that's part of it. But are there, are there countries now, because of how decadent America has become, that are sending Christian missionaries to America? Is that happening? Oh, yes. It Who's is. doing that? 
Well, you know, just in, in our lifetimes, Tom, we have seen, we have, America's, our country, America, still remains the missionary sending us nation on still Earth. Still does, huh? We okay. still send more missionaries than any other nation on Earth. Okay. Close behind America comes Korea. Oh. And you maybe won't, maybe won't, maybe you'll be surprised. India is very, very close. You're kidding. That's really? true. Wow. So we're also the missionary receiving us country on planet Earth. Really? America, our yeah. country. Yeah. And they're coming from around the world. To evangelize America. To, Amer to evangelize uh, their people in diaspora, large, often. Oh, okay. And also to evangelize, uh, evangelize, uh, you know, more kind of, kind of uh, traditional Americans. You know. Sometimes, um, sometimes we can feel kind of like, kind of despondent about these things. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't. Mm -hmm. and let me tell you why. Uh, uh, the, uh, we see through the course of Christian history uh, cycles and movements, as God, in His in God's own sovereign wisdom, uh, moves peoples around the world for the sake of His kingdom's purposes. You mentioned that for some long time, uh, North America and Europe have been the center of this uh, of this movement. That is true, but we're only Johnny Come Latelys, Tom. As you must remember from seminary, the uh, the earliest leaders of our movement, the earliest theologians of our movement, the the earliest members of the Christian faith and leaders and theologians, the people, for example, who gave us the concept of monasticism gave us the concept of Trinity, for example, were Africans. So uh, the leadership of the, of the, uh, of the, the church in the church, in yeah. their very, these were all Africans, mm -hmm. people like Augustine and Cyprian mm -hmm. and Tertullian. Mm -hmm. I mean, the doctrine of Trinity didn't hatch in some brain in Chicago or some brain in the Vatican. Mm -hmm. It hatched in an African's mind, Tertullian's mm -hmm. mind a long time ago. So things are cyclical. And uh, I think that we're seeing a day, I think that we're seeing a return in some ways to Africa to a more traditional pattern for, yeah. Christ for Christianity in the world. Well, let's talk about this. The second biggest religion on the planet, we're number one, <laughs> the Christian faith, but the second biggest is Islam. True. Are there Muslim countries where the gospel is spreading or is that still pretty hard, hard plowing? There are lots of Muslim countries where the gospel is spreading but it is hard plowing. Mm -hmm. uh, both both uh, of your assertions are true. Mm -hmm. uh, there are lots of places in the Muslim world where um, people actually run the risk of, uh, they run serious personal risk for, uh, for uh, their faith. Yeah. And so they are, um, they are uh, you know, kind of, what should we say? Sometimes people call them crypto Christians, like yeah. secret Christians. It's not exactly fair. They're uh, they're they're seeds in the ground. Mm -hmm. They're true believers yeah. who have found their life and salvation in Jesus, and yet to live in a in an immersed, enmeshed, embedded way in the culture that surrounds them. Where would you? I mean, for instance, you said China is good, and that it's spreading in China, even though it's officially closed mm. to Christianity, it's still spreading. Are there can you think of a nation or two where it's officially closed because of Islam or something else, but it's really spreading? Really spreading is a, is a, is a, is a, I'm not sure mm -hmm. that I, I could identify even, really even quietly. Yeah. But quietly, there are there are people coming to faith. 
there are people that are coming to faith. Okay. Not long ago, not long ago, I heard a, I heard one of my one of a friend of mine, who um, who uh, had been visiting Kabul. And um, he uh, said that as he walked in the streets of Kabul, uh, he was visiting with a, a Muslim fellow there, and the place is a ruin, really. And the and the fellow looked around and said, "Look, this is this is what uh, this is what our religion has brought us." And there was a kind of openness, even in places like that, really? that okay. you uh, can only be the work of God. Yeah. I don't know it personally. Do, but, uh, do you ever hear that Muslims get dreams where they see Jesus? Have you heard of this? Oh yes, that yeah. happens regularly. Yeah, I've, met a, so I've met a few like that. Right. We are at work in Pakistan, just across uh, the border okay. from, from Afghanistan. Yeah. And uh, in, in Pakistan, we have seen uh, just really quite amazing things as uh, in terms of dreams and visions, as well as um, you know, people, people, uh, people seeing good news enacted, hearing good news sometimes proclaimed, mm -hmm. and uh, and and yeah. It always makes me sad, Chuck, when I hear of the church doing really well in some formerly closed country, but then the cults come in too, and yes. they're doing strong. Where are where are the cults strong overseas? In my mind, probably the biggest and most dynamic uh, cults in the world are uh, affecting the, some of the biggest and most dynamic churches. China, once again, I would mention. Okay. China has, uh, I think that you could say that almost anything assertable about the Christian faith would be true somewhere in China. Okay. There are very deeply true believing people in the uh, in the three self church of China. Yeah, the official church. Yes, yeah. and there are also very deeply true believing people in the so-called non-registered church yeah. in China. It yeah. is true. Yeah, and you will also find a wide variety of of, uh, of uh, belief systems in that whole broad family, okay. including including uh, some some dynamically growing sects. What? As far as you know, Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, Evangelicals, do they do these different denominations overseas tend to work together, or do they kind of separate? You go here, we'll go over there. How does that work normally? Well, I I have found personally that the further you get away from Chicago or Fergus Falls or 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 or, or Rome or Geneva, wherever it might be, the further you get away from some of those traditional power centers of the church the less denominational monikers mean to people. Okay. And frankly, I think that that is, I think that that is a very good thing. Good, good. So we find, uh, we find in, you know, we've, you can find Lutherans in China. You can find them in places like Nepal. You can. Yeah. Uh, you can find Catholics in these places. Yes, you can. Uh-huh. But um, I, I, more and more, it seems to me, you, you find people that have found new life in Jesus. And uh, and actually, uh, I think this is the this is the whole the whole reason the whole after all I, you know I mean like you're you're decked out like a like a true Lutheran leader, but we don't have Lutherans in the in heaven, do we? No, we don't. Okay, just want, <laughs> just want to be clear about that. And we don't have Catholics in heaven. Yeah. And we don't have Baptists in heaven. Yeah. These things are all penultimate categories. Mm -hmm. And but we, what we have in heaven is the family of God, yeah. and we see precursor of it. We see foretastes of good. it in the world today. That's, oh, that's good. 
And, and let me ask you this. Something we preach against on this program is what's called the prosperity gospel. Uh -huh. That the reason, and these are a lot of TV preachers, that if you send them money or you're got, you need to sow a seed to this ministry and you're going to reap your harvest and God always wants you healthy and wealthy, etc. And <coughs> has that teaching invaded world missions, the prosperity gospel? Uh, sadly, it has. It has. Uh, you see evidence of it here and there, all all around the all around the world. Especially India, maybe. I mean, I remember seeing this prosperity preacher from America in front of a huge crowd. I thought it was India. Could be. I mean, you. It wouldn't surprise me to see that kind of that kind of crowd and that kind of American mm -hmm. uh, anomaly uh, in pulpits all around the world. You okay. see them in Africa. There's a ton. See them. You see them uh, all around the world. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, Chuck, what would you say to somebody who's watching our show who thinks, you know, I might give money to missions, but who knows if it's really going to end up where it's supposed to go, and so I'll just keep my money and I won't give to missions. Do you know, how, how does somebody watching this who has a pull to either maybe go to be a missionary themselves or they want their money to go to some mission that will reach the lost for Christ, what are some good places they can send their support? What would you guess? Well, um, there, I think that the question is a very fine question. Mm -hmm. And I think, in fact, we encourage all of our donors to ask just that kind of question. Mm -hmm. uh, God actually has uh, entrusted things to his people, you know, like as stewards. So it's our responsibility to invest the, that invest the resources that he gives us with stewardship. Okay. So there are, I, I think that, I think that, um, you know, it'd be reasonable for your viewers to, to uh, investigate the organizations. And that I can tell you in. one, the World Mission Prayer League. Well, that is true. That is what the group uh, that Chuck leads. And if you go to dwmpl.org, uh, you can give money to them. And, and you have missionaries where? In 20 countries, about 100 missionaries, mainly in Asia, uh, also in, in Africa and mm -hmm. Latin America. Mm -hmm. There are organizations also that vet uh, nonprofits and, and nonprofit uh, Christian missionary organizations. There's something called the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. I talk example. about them on this show. Make sure it's got that seal on it. So that's a good idea. It's kind yeah. of like the Good Housekeeping seal it of approval. It is ECFA. Yep. So people should look to that. Yep. They should get visit our website, mm -hmm. wimple.org. Mm -hmm. Give us a call. Come sure. by our offices. Sure. Uh, come and pray with us. We pray every day at 10 o'clock in the morning. Good. And you'll get to know the organization Good. and see. What if, what if somebody's watching this and they, they're wondering, maybe the Lord wants me to be a missionary? How do they find out? What do they do with that? I, I estimate, Tom, that about... I, I did some studies at Fuller Seminary years ago. And uh, there was a guy at the time by the name of C. Peter Wagner. Mm -hmm. And Wagner, uh, Wagner uh, he, he cited a statistic that he was investigating and uh, that, that I, I, I've never forgotten. He estimated that, in general, uh, uh, approximately one out of 100 of all Christians is going to have the missionary gift. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you've got 100 viewers, now a show like this, you're going to have way more than that, I think, but... If you had a hundred viewers, one of them is surely going to be uh, is going to be uh, is going to have be gifted as a missionary. Okay. 
they should talk with their pastor. That's the first thing I say. Okay. And they should talk with uh, other Christian sisters and brothers who know them. Invite them to pray with them. Sure. In a process. Maybe get of, to know some missionaries. Get to know some missionaries, and then and then give a call to offices like ours. Yeah. Good. And we're going to put on the screen here the phone number of the World Mission Prayer League, six one two eight seven one six eight seven one. They're located, your main office 6843. I'm sorry, yeah. 612-871-6843. So forget the 71, put the 43 up there. <laughs> yep. Or just go to their website, wmpl.org. That's correct. wmpl.org. And if if you're, they can call you, this TV show's now all over the country, so yeah. you can give them a call, and we just fixed it. 612 uh, Four, three. That's correct. There you go. Yes. Well, you know, we've only got about two and a half minutes left. Chuck, yeah. if somebody says, well, why don't we just leave the people with these other religions alone? I mean, why do we go out and try to uh, bring our Christian religion to everybody? Can't we just all get along, in the words of Rodney King, and just leave these poor people alone? What yeah. would you say to that? Well, uh, I, I presume that Christian individuals are going to want to care about the Lord of their faith. I presume that they're going to want to, they're going to be interested in what the Lord of their faith says about the world Amen. and says about life and values and says about the things that really matter. If they do, they will read the Bible. Which says, and in the Bible, therefore. they're going to find they're going to find a mandate, Tom. The last words of Christ on earth. That's Go right. ye therefore. That's right. So yeah. I mean, like this, making disciples isn't like it's not like a menu item at the top of our computer screen that we can pull down and choose one thing or another. Mm -hmm. This is the operating system. This is the, this is the big thing. This is the operating and system. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this quote, but how the how. The Salvation Army was founded yes. in the 1800s. Mm. Do you ever hear this quote? Some atheist says to William Booth, if I believe like you Christians say you believe that there's an eternal hell, I would on crushed glass on my knees crawl all over England yelling for people to repent. Yeah. And that comment so convicted William Booth that he founded the Salvation Army. Uh -huh. So yeah. everybody, I want to thank you, Chuck. All thank right, you Tom. so much for being here. Thank you, and, my pleasure. Everybody, do uh, go to WMPL.org, their website. If you want to look, see more of our TV shows on all kinds of subjects, you go to pastorstudy2s.org. You can watch all of our TV shows there. But everybody, pray yes. about, God, do you want me to be a missionary? Pray about, Lord, maybe I'm not supposed to go overseas, but I'm supposed to send my money there. Mm -hmm. And let the Lord lead you. Every Christian in some way needs to be involved in bringing the world to Christ. We'll see you next time on The Pastor Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.